We've got multiple poems of the day today. We'll be discussing Mrs. McNeil's favorite poet, Emily Dickinson. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. In case you didn't know, Miss McNeil was my 10th grade English teacher, and she gushed about Emily Dickinson. I frankly couldn't stand her, uh, Emily Dickinson, or Miss McNeil, to be honest with you. As it turns out, Miss McNeil was right. May my 10th grade English teacher rest in peace. I wish I would have uh, listened to her in class a little bit more. I'm sure a lot of you out there, a lot of uh, my colleagues, my Fellow ELA teachers look back at maybe some of the lack of focus they had in their uh, literature class. First of all, remember that. Remember that, you know, I get frustrated with my students, but they're not nearly as bad as I was, to <laughs> be honest with you. Anyhow, Miss McNeil loved Emily Dickinson. So there's a tribute to all you 10th grade ELA teachers, past, present, and future. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I was originally going to name this. I originally saved this podcast file as ED Love Poems, and then I thought, ED, probably not, ED Loves, probably not what you want uh, saved on your work laptop. So I changed it to Emily Love Poems. I guess I could have just wrote Emily Dickinson Love Poems. Speaking of Emily Dickinson Love Poem Lesson Plans, here's our two-minute lesson plan. Class is about to start, and you need something right now. So here's the one thing you can put on the board right now so when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. All right, we're just going to talk theme with our two-minute lesson plan. We know uh, that the poems we're going to read today have something to do with love. So you're going to need copies of these poems. Find them online, print them out real quick, or just post them on the board. Just post however you want to do it. A little theme. Maybe this is a four-minute lesson plan. Sorry, false advertisement. Four-minute lesson plan. Uh, theme, put in the left-hand, left-hand column what the theme of the poem is. Uh, middle column, one piece of evidence that supports that. And then maybe in the third column, an explanation of the poem. Let's start with Far From the Love of Far From Love, the Heavenly Father. Far from Love. Oh, we're, I'm talking about the themes now. Your two-minute lesson plan's over. <laughs> that was a horrible two-minute lesson. I'm gonna apologize. Just draw a chart on the board, theme, read some of these poems, we'll figure it out. All right. Far from love, the heavenly father leads the chosen child, oftener through realm of briar than the meadow mild, oftener by the claw of dragon than the hand of friend. Guides the little one predestined to the native land. So here's my analysis of Far From Love, the Heavenly Father. Rhyme scheme XAXA, second stanza uses slant rhyme. Paradox shows that Heavenly Father's love is tough love. I try to tell my students, I gave you a C or I gave you a D because I love you, because I want you to do better. Not that I'm comparing myself to Heavenly Father or anything like that. Irony, the chosen child is led through briars, not meadows. The chosen child is led by the claw of a dragon, not by a friend. That's ironic. You'd think someone you'd love, you wouldn't make them go through briars. Some metaphors there. Dickinson's Calvinistic leanings toward predestination comes forth in the last two lines. Her idea of those predestined and those who are chosen contrasts the traditional idea of the chosen ones. Metaphors, briar equals the pains. I forgot I had that written down. You're going to get it twice. Briar, the pains of life, meadows, easiness, claw of dragon, those who seek to harm you. Use the word guide in line seven. Use use of the word guide in line seven demonstrates that despite appearances, Heavenly Father is in control. So my uh, paragraph analysis: 
In Emily Dickinson's Far From Love, the Heavenly Father, the speaker examines the paradoxical view that through trials and tribulations are the chosen brought to heaven. It is not an evildoer who brings about trials, but the very Father in heaven who does so. Although the images suggest the action in the poem takes place in the physical realm, a more pragmatic worldly application can be found. Those who seek comfort rarely find it. Those who take upon themselves challenges eventually do find comfort. Unlike Frost, the road not taken, which suggests individuals choose their path, Dickinson implies that the path is thrust upon the individual, an assertion supported by, the, by her Calvinistic beliefs. Hard we will forget him, you and I tonight. You may forget the warmth he gave, I will forget the light. When you have done, pray tell me that I my thoughts may dim. Haceless while you're lagging, I may remember him. Here's an analysis of Heart We Will Forget Him, another love poem of Emily Dickinson. Rhyme scheme XAXA sounds familiar. The exclamation points at the end of lines 1 and 2 demonstrate the speaker's determination in forgetting her love. The the exclamation point at the end of line 8 demonstrates the futility in even trying. Anyone who's had their heart broken can relate to that. And I think everyone at some point has their heart broken. So I come, I, I see students, you know how it is, middle school, even high school, they're brokenhearted, a little dramatic sometimes. I just let them know everyone has their heart broken. It's part of it. It's how it works. You'll get over it. They don't believe me. They tell, they want me to shut up. <laughs> what does this 52-year-old guy know about broken hearts? Well, I know a lot about broken hearts. The explanation point following haste in line seven demonstrates the difficulty the speaker is having. Heart is personified. The word him at the end of the first line and the last line puts the focus in the him trying to be forgotten, which tells us, ironically, that The fact that you're writing a poem about forgetting someone means you're not doing a very good job of it, right? Here's my short paragraph analysis. Dickinson captures the inner turmoil associated with love and rejection in heart we will forget him. She vows to her heart, personified as a dear friend, that they will forget him. Well, then the act of forcing herself to forget, the speaker focuses on the person whom she is trying to forget and his good qualities. She realizes she and her heart are fighting a losing battle as the speaker urges her heart to forget quick for she is helpless to forget otherwise. Interesting. Someone who locked herself in a closet for most of her life certainly has a pretty good understanding of how this stuff works. Insights into human nature. Proud of my broken heart since thou didst break it. Proud of the pain I did not feel to thee. Proud of my night since thou with moons dost slake it. Not to partake thy passion, my humility. Thou canst not boast like Jesus, drunken without companion. Was a strong cup of anguish brewed for the Nazarene? Thou canst not pierce tradition with the peerless puncture. See, I usurp thy crucifix to honor mine. Here's an analysis of Proud of My Broken Heart. This, this poem's kind of pathetic. I uh, lauded Miss Dickinson before, but this is, kind of a, this is kind of like, oh, I'm so glad I hurt because you hurt me. This, this is not, to me, this doesn't sound like a healthy relationship. Oh, I mean, this could be, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to read too much into this. This kind of sounds like someone who's in a, and in in I, I'm usually not so serious on the pod. It's just a podcast. But to me, this sounds like something I've heard out of people who've been abused uh, to a certain extent. Oh, it's okay. I love him, even though he punched me. There's no sign. There's no, nothing to do with physical abuse in the poem. This is a broken heart, but it's got that same kind of subservient feel to it that maybe I'm reading too much into this. Anyhow, I just feel suddenly had this pit in my stomach. It's like, oh, it's sad. Maybe that's the point of the poem. I should feel sad. Good job, Emily Dickinson. Rhyme scheme, ABAB, meters iambic pentameter with a final line, Alexandrin. When I wrote this, I knew what an Alexandrin was. The last line's change in meter draws attention to the end result of her love, humility. 
There's a paradox here. The speaker's pain is looked upon proudly, having come from the one she loved. The speaker in Emily Dickinson's Proud of My Broken Heart Since Thou Didst Break It is pathetic. <laughs> that's, the, that's the topic sentence to my poem, to my analysis, by the way. I'm not sure if the object of her desire has a restraining order, but he should. She's proud to have been dumped? Sounds like someone has a self-esteem issue, which she rationalizes as humility. If Dickinson lived in a trailer park, she'd be primed for an abusive relationship. No wonder she was a reclusive freak. There you go. I, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't remember writing that. I wrote this uh, paragraph analysis a while ago. I probably should have read it before I did the podcast, but that was a great paragraph. One of my best. One of my best, and it kind of uh, emphasizes my point I made prior to this, that I don't like this. I don't like the, the uh, message of this poem, that we should be proud when people hurt us. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic. Well, Emily's dead now, so there's nothing I can do to help her. But uh, if you know someone who is, you know, as teachers, we have a, a responsibility required by law and that if you notice these signs in others, uh, reach out and help. All right, takeaways. Miss McNeil was right. That's my first takeaway. Two, Emily Dickinson, despite being a recluse, had a good understanding of the human heart, and she makes a great poet for teaching theme. We got some sh- great show notes here. Check them out. Dickinson Love Poem Post, Poetry Collections, Figurative Language and Poetry Lesson Plan, Theme and Poetry Lesson Plan, ELA Common Core Lesson Plans.com, the best website I've ever made. <laughs> And this is the best podcast I've ever done. Not the best episode. Feel free to comment if you disagree or agree with that statement. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 